Sandy is right. It is so easy to have the illusion that you can sing when the choir is behind you. It's so good. It's like covers a multitude of sins. That's what I think your voices do. Thank you. (laughs) Hear the word of God from the Gospel of Mark. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he might find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I to say what I say to you, I say to all: keep awake. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, O God, and a light unto our paths. Your word is a challenge and an exhortation and a guide. Be with us this morning as we listen to your word, and may its fruit be strewn in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. The lectionary passages for Advent never fail to catch me by surprise. When I read their stark words and warnings, I am reminded, oh, that's right, it's Advent. We always begin on a serious note. In this way, the church is very countercultural. Bing Crosby has been crooning in the background of the shopping malls, it seems, since Halloween. Tim and I got our Christmas tree last Monday, a little on the early side. We went out to a tree farm, and across the tree lot, um, Here Comes Santa Claus was blaring over the sound system and pointing at the speaker. I said to uh, one of the young guys uh, helping me, um, I said, it's going to be a long month. (laughs) And he said, oof, that's for sure. So... By contrast, in the church, the four weeks leading up to Christmas are not 
about good cheer. Advent and Lent are the two seasons in the liturgical calendar that come to us in dim light and with shadows. We begin the first Sunday of every Advent uneasy. The apocalyptic imagery in Isaiah and Mark's texts begin by unveiling the weight of uncertainty in the world and in our own lives. We're given strong language and imagery to give voice to the nagging worries that we might otherwise want to deny. It's not lost on me that the last time I was in the pulpit, I preached about the church being a party, the best party in town. But I don't think Advent is in opposition to a party. The church is a place of joy, but not shallow happiness. The church is not called to be the happiest place in town. We are called to be the most honest place in town. An honest space that invites folks to bring what ails them in body, mind, or spirit In the weeks leading up to Christmas, we have permission to name aloud that which weighs heavy on us, to bring in the doors each week what we've been dragging behind us like a sled up a a snowy hill. Each year, we host a service of remembrance called Love Unbound, and it's a service for those who are struggling in um, and during the holidays, and I think this year, this place should be packed. It's December 11th. The good news about scriptures, like the two we've just heard, is that we're given language and speech for all of our human emotions. There's no icing on our anxieties in Advent. Oh, that you would tear the heavens and come down, Isaiah said. We're given permission to speak into the absence and into the night sky. Scripture does not shy away from the difficult, the tragic, the unspeakable, or suffering. In fact, 40% of the psalms are actually psalms of lament. We've been given language if and when we can't find our own words to express our suffering. We're not to shy away from the hard edges of life. Where is God in all this mess of the world, even the most pious uh, ask? Hope comes not by downplaying or denying our pain, but by acknowledging it to a compassionate God. I don't know about you, but I am inching slowly and cautiously toward Christmas this year. I didn't want Black Friday or Cyber Monday deals to fuel my denial of the world's pain. I don't want consumerism or naive cheerfulness to distract me from suffering, be it the suffering across the world or the suffering across town. A mile and a half from here, tents and encampments 
are growing. It can be overwhelming, but we're called to face suffering. During Advent, we're unapologetically allowed to hold in our hearts both joy and sorrow, beauty and suffering. And if we allow grief to have its voice, it will keep us from speaking greeting card cliches about hope. Because to grieve is to begin to hope. To mourn is to embrace life. We chose the Advent theme, Hope for a Weary World, for exactly this reason. We didn't want to offer you cliches. Our world is not okay. And I don't think it will take much convincing for you to agree. Each of us is weary in our own way. The war in Gaza and Israel, the dramatic rise of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, the exponentially increasing number of hate crimes in the U.S., all of this is taking its toll on our spirits. In Burlington, Vermont last weekend, three college-aged Palestinian men were shot without any provocation. Burlington, Vermont. Have you been there? It's, it's the most ideal, beautiful, and the backdrop of that landscape with a heinous crime just doesn't make sense. And we should all want to cry out, oh God, would, would tear the heavens and come down. As we enter Advent, the unjust war in the Ukraine enters another winter. The COP28 climate summit in Dubai is taking place. And despite all their best intentions to set goals and limits, global tem- temperatures continue to rise. And we've seen no significant decrease in the use of fossil fuel- fuels, and we know that they'll contribute to our demise. The candle of hope burns, but it can feel really faint. Advent allows us to follow difficult feelings, a path that a path that gives us space for our messy and our mixed hearts. But grief and hope are not at odds. They are interwoven experience of being human. Five years ago this week, one of the beautiful saints of Montview Church died too soon and after a long battle with cancer. Jen's spirit was luminous. Jen Jen was generous and kind and caring in the tangible ways a person should be, like cookies and soup just showing up on your doorstep when you least expected it, but absolutely needed them. Jen had a smile that could warm the chilliest of hearts, and I was so fortunate to have gotten to know her for a few years before she died. We had this unexpected friendship that that came as a gift to both of us in the right season. And when Jen died, her family 
and the community of soul friends that she had knit around her were struck with deep grief. Though we all knew the advent of her death was near, when it came, it felt like the stars had fallen from the sky. As this poem in the Gospel of Mark captures, but in those days after the suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. That's what grief does. That's how grief works on us. It feels like the world dissolves and God's face is hidden from us. But honest grief and lament are not obstacles to hope. In fact, grief is an antidote to despair. Hope is always unsteady. Hope comes and goes and fades and returns. Hope is like an ember that is underground after a fire, and one unexpected day that spark might uh, reemerge and ignite into a flame. Hope is like that deep ember in the human spirit waiting to ignite. Now we begin the season of Advent with a message that's not comforting, it's not uplifting, it's not calming, but it is descriptive. It's descriptive of the human experience. Advent begins in honesty and in longing. Like a child who longs for her parent when she's away, we humans have a deep longing for God and for hope whether we recognize them or not. Our longing allows God to slip into our lives quietly, respectfully. What we must not miss is this. God comes when God chooses. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. God is the keeper of the clock, and God seems to enjoy surprises. Keep awake, keep alert, don't miss the light shining in the darkness. In the words of the Sufi poet Rumi, if everything around seems dark, look again, you may be the light. Wouldn't that be the most surprising thing of all? if we were actually the light and we believed it. God comes in the nighttime of our hearts, in the midst of our confusion and despair, in the midst of any suffering or grief, in the midst of uncertainty and doubt. And hope comes when we least expect it. And the powerful offering of the Advent season to us all is that we don't have to pretend that life isn't dark at times. And we don't have to pretend that the Christ child came into a bright and cheery world. God entered into dark days. 
And Christ continues to enter into the dim, messy corners of our hearts. God never backs away from the messes we humans are prone to make. Today we celebrate tangible signs of hope in the bread and in the cup we will share at this table of love spread out for the world. And in doing so, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Hope is a mystery. Christ came, Christ is with us here and now, and Christ will come again. Let Christ be our Advent hope during these dark and weary days. Amen.